Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's feature is Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2. This is not the one with Michael Keaton as a friendly snowman. This snowman will frickin' shank you. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Well, I mean, it's... I I fucking love Tales from the Dark Side, and apparently everybody fucking hates it, so... (laughs) Yeah, I watched... I just I watched the uh, the first like season when it came out on DVD, and I'm just like, wow, I don't remember these being this bad. And then I didn't really watch the rest. Of it. Some things it's best not to revisit. I mean, it's just I I don't. The thing that makes it good is that it it like it didn't need to be good. Does that does that make sense? Like you have to you have to accept the fact that it's not good when you're watching it, and then it's perfectly fun to watch it. Oh. I don't know how to explain it because the thing that made Tales from the Dark Side such a great thing is that it was like uh, a cheesy VHS movie in TV show form. I mean that's <laughs> that's what it was. To be honest, I've never seen any of it, so I can't really comment. But Brian says it's bad, and you say it's good. I'm siding with Brian. But, well, I'm saying it's bad. I'm just saying I like watching it. <laughs> this is no we're talking about. It's so. a good point. It is a strong point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I still think it's like the creepiest opening for a, like a horror show. With the fucking voice and the music and shit, but the episodes are. Yeah. Out. There was maybe a handful in the first season that I actually thought were pretty decent. You know what the funny one is? The one that's not scary at all, but for some reason, whenever I was a kid, it scared me. the The intro for the Outer Limits. I I have no idea why, but I'd watch it and I'd be like, "Ooh, so creepy." Original Outer Limits, or yeah, yeah, the original. I mean. Yeah, that was good. Twilight Zone always creep me out. Which I guess it's official. They're letting Jordan Jordan uh, Peele do the uh, new Twilight Zone. No. <laughs> they would let Jordan Peele do whatever the fuck he wanted. Pretty much. He's got it. He got, he got the golden ticket. <laughs> Which I don't disagree with. I saw some people complaining about it. I'm just like, dude, this new Twilight Zone just... Relax. Yeah. yeah, I will say I'm I'm not as excited as other people. I'm waiting to see how it turns yeah. out, but I'll give it a shot. It's a new Twilight Zone. 
Yeah. yeah. I had a weird argument with somebody the other day who was talking about that not not only did they think that Get Out like wasn't a good movie, they were saying that it was complete shit and that there was nothing valuable in it and that nothing about it was good. The acting was bad, the directing was bad, the visuals were bad. I was like, You're out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, that person has no idea what they're talking about. That's what I said. I was like, you have to fucking bend over backwards to fucking criticize that movie. Because that you can say it's derivative of 70s sci-fi, but that's what he was going for. So that doesn't fucking, it's not an insult. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like 70s sci-fi movies. You're like, yes, you're correct. Yeah, they were basically like, it's just the Stepford Wives, only not as good. And I was like, well, that's not accurate <laughs> at, at all. I mean, it clearly takes uh, takes from Stepford Wives, but you can't say they're the same fucking movie because they're not really close to the same fucking movie. Every week you go out there and get into a fight with somebody who says they don't like something I, that you do like. I do. I, I can't fucking... Well, here's here's the thing. I don't mind people going, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. But when somebody like tries to take to task something that is uh, like clearly good, like that, that, that movie, you cannot like it. It's okay to not like it and it not be your thing. But if you try to argue that it's from a technical standpoint, that it's an ill-made movie, you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I, agree. I, don't, I I might have toned down the terminology if it was me making that statement. <laughs> Objectively, I think it's pretty close to true. I exist in a bubble. Uh, no, I ain't got no friends no more. I don't. So lovely. <laughs> who do you who do you even argue with now? I don't understand. I You're just in coffee shops, and some guy says he doesn't like a movie, and you join his table to yell at him. Excuse me, sir. I believe I overheard you. Uh, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Listen, I've only done that like twice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so tell us twice. How did it happen? Uh, I, I, I will no joke say that once upon a time, I did get into an altercation with somebody in a Red Robin <laughs> over the Alien franchise. <laughs> Jesus, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into details. Uh-uh. But I did at one point, like, stand up at my table and go, Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Uh, Why can't that shit ever happen when I'm around? That'd be the best thing in the world. I'd be like, Yeah. Because normally people aren't somebody. Well, it was just because they were like, they were having a conversation, and the guy at the table who was clearly wrong. Was of course the loud, obnoxious guy in the restaurant as well. So, like, you know, you couldn't have a conversation because every ten seconds he would be barking over everybody about how Alien Four is clearly the best Alien movie, or or some other fucking terrible, <laughs> horrible thing that it just simply isn't true. That's not true at all. Yeah, it's not remotely. That's what I'm saying. 
I don't even hate Alien 4, but that's just not right. I feel like that guy was trolling before there was an internet, just <laughs> sitting in cafes, yelling out obviously offensive things to see who'd yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> he was He was also the dude who, every time he wanted something, would literally yell across the restaurant at his waiter to get it. Oh. Even though it had been like two seconds since the last time he did that. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I hated him to the begin with. The fact that he was like waist deep in something that I love, <laughs> spreading his bodily fluids into it, <laughs> just just put it over the top. Another <sighs> time. Uh, I'm trying to. I know it was at Denny's. I can't. I can't even remember what the fuck it was about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was drunk that time, so that's a little different. <laughs> that's how important the argument was. <laughs> but I don't. I, I couldn't not get up and walk over to their table, but I don't remember what it was about. You're just sitting there talking with your friend, and all of a sudden, Noah just approaches and be like, "Listen here, you son of a bitch." <laughs> Like we were, we were in a booth, and it was the booth with the people sitting directly behind us. And I'm trying to remember what the fuck they were talking about, but it was it was something fucking ridiculous. I'm just relieved it was a booth because I was worried you were going to pick up a chair and hit somebody with it. So <laughs> no, I'm I'm both certainly not a violent person. If if there was ever a need for me to physically protect myself, I am dead. Like. <laughs> Like dead. There's no. There's no chance of that happening. Noah's defense is just to fall to the floor and curl up in a ball. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna take off my pants and start peeing myself and hope that they're too grossed out to kill me. <laughs> I love that you have the foresight to take your pants off. I don't want to ruin these slacks. <laughs> That'd be inappropriate. Do you want to touch a guy that's not wearing pants? <laughs> I don't want to. There's not that many guys I want to touch when they are wearing pants. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, I'm just saying, think, think of any type of like casual interaction, like shaking hands. You would totally shake hands with a random guy on the street. Now, if a random guy on the street's not wearing pants, you don't want to shake his hand anymore. You know what? I'll concede it. The right move for your own personal safety is to not wear pants ever. Congratulations, exactly. you win the argument. Uh, this has been Noah's survival tips. <laughs> the only time it doesn't work if it's a rapist. In which, in which case you have made the wrong play. Don't go victim blaming. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't mean you deserve it. I'm not saying you deserve it. I'm saying from a defense standpoint, you you have acted inappropriately and you are not going to have an easy time. Uh <laughs> I have a joke in my head about, you know, technically if you take your own pants off, maybe it's consensual. I don't think I should go there, though. Maybe we should talk about movies instead. Well, I just stumbled onto Noah's Facebook post where he's loudly and obnoxiously singing Kiss from a Rose by Seal to Mr. Lord Bloodra. <laughs> God, I love Frank. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. I just caught the, uh, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Oh, okay. That makes more sense. The friend, the friendiversary post that Facebook gives you. <laughs> uh, Doug, since you're very eager, why don't you tell us what our subject matter is today? Uh, 
the Jack Frost film franchise. <laughs> franchise. <laughs> All both of them. Hey, it's more than you would expect. If somebody said, hey, there's this movie about this killer snowman, somebody, nobody's thinking, oh, that's part of a series. But apparently it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess. And as, as far as finding a movie, holy shit, there are a lot of movies named Jack Frost. That is <laughs> that is a thick fucking forest of film you have to wade through to find the specific one you're looking for. Uh, yeah, no Michael Keaton in this one. YouTube knows me. When I type Jack Frost in, it took me right to the right one. No problem at all. Here's a VH rip, VHS rip of the movie you're looking for, sir. <laughs> mine, mine knows me because it gave me that one, and then immediately after that one was the Rankin and Bass Jack Frost, and I was like, I like both of those. You're right, YouTube. <laughs> all right. So first, Jack Frost um, deals with. A guy who's apparently going to be executed, and they decide to transport him by U-Haul. And <laughs> the very, but they wanted to be at festive, so of course they decorated the truck with like tinsel and uh, uh, you know Christmas uh, decorations. Don't start nitpicking this early. Your description will be here all night. Description <laughs> uh, um, will take a long time. So, of course, he ends up breaking free in the back of the truck. Meanwhile, up front, they have a head-on collision with a truck full of, quote-unquote, chemicals from some genetic lab. And uh, Jack Frost ends up getting covered into him, falls into the snow, and becomes one with the snow and decides to use his new snow form to go get revenge on the sheriff that arrested him, I guess, for killing a lot of people. I'll find a way! (laughs) And and thus begins a siege upon the town of Snowtownston? Snowman Town or something. Yeah, ridiculous. It's Snowmington. Snowmington, that's what it is. Yeah, nothing ridiculous about that whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Okay. We we have to we have to completely throw out the concept of ridiculous to review this movie because this uh, uh, thick plot point in this movie is genetically modified water. <laughs> water has no genes. Water is water. <laughs> it's been genetic we haven't gotten to the part where they try to shoot the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue, Brian. We must get all the way through this description. That's the description. (laughs) (laughs) Genetically modified snowman attacks town named Snowbington. During the snowman festival, which enables him to hide amongst the crowd of snowmen that are around. Of course, which makes him hide in plain sight. Even though everybody's like, I didn't build a snowman. And then they die like two minutes later. <laughs> There's like a lot of people who see a snowman go, huh, I didn't build a snowman. Someone must have snuck out of my property, built that, and left it there for me. <laughs> well, get back to my day-to-day life. What? The snowman's alive. And then also lots of, hey, where did that snowman that was in my yard that I didn't build go? 
So yeah. like the, the couple of lines of dialogue that every character was required to say. <laughs> uh, so Noah, why don't you tell us how much you love this movie? I can tell uh, right yeah. away. I'm so like, there, this is a normal movie. Oh, oh, there, there, there are two important things to know about this movie, and the first is that this movie is not good, <laughs> and the second is that this movie is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I and I think this one's one of the few movies that uh, that intentionally goes for being a bad movie and succeeds in the right way. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. See, like, I'm gonna, I want to push back on you saying it's not a good movie. I think it's a cheesy movie, but it's cheesy on purpose, which means yeah. that they they were successful in what they were trying to do, which by definition makes it a good movie. I, I'm saying it's not a good. And if you're going into this movie wanting like a Michael Keaton bonding with his son after he dies, no, I, I was thinking something. No, because that's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, objectively speaking, this movie comes closer to accomplishing what it sets out to accomplish than the Michael Keaton movie does. There go. I'm, I'm saying if you're wanting like a Taxi Driver or Citizen Kane or say, you know what I mean, a a good, a, a logistically good movie. I don't, I don't know how to like explain it. Like a, a cinematic movie, a movie that a crowd of people would go in and the majority of them would walk out and go, Oh, that was pretty good. All right. But I would suggest that I prefer the sled scene in this to the sled scene in citizen Kane. So. <laughs> uh, I, I would agree. That. Yeah. Third. Um, I, w- I would say this movie is is ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in a really fucking good way. That that it's so hard to explain that it's it's an extremely VHS movie, but it's VHS on purpose. And even though it's VHS on purpose, it doesn't come off um, mocking or assholey. Does that make sense? Like, like they they were like, no, this is the kind of ridiculous shit we like, so we're going to do that. Yeah, I happen to have rewatched Child's Play this week, just by coincidence, and I feel like this film does almost the same sort of thing, where they take this ridiculous oh, yeah. concept, and then in some of the scenes, they treat it very seriously, and they just kind of throw in a few jokes here and there, but they they obviously know that it's ridiculous, even though they're treating it seriously in those moments. And I think it's it's hard to describe that atmosphere that gets created when they do that, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, I'd agree. This weird thing, I actually somewhat enjoy this movie, which is completely contradictory to what I said last week about not liking trauma movies. Because I feel like this is not that far off from like a trauma movie, but for some reason I still enjoy it. Well, no, but this movie isn't a movie about killer snowman with just a joke piled in every two seconds. It's a movie where the the plot is the joke. It's a very different thing from a trauma film in that way. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I I do find the, the only thing that I regret in this movie is so the, the guy who plays Jack Frost, the, the flesh and blood Jack Frost at the beginning of the movie 
he actually has a really good fucking crazy face. Yeah. And you, and you almost wish you'd get more crazy face Jack Frost murdery stuff with without the snowman. But but only just because he's he's so fucking good at it. Like that's a compelling crazy killer guy. I like crazy killer guys. Yeah, but I mean it ends up being sort of like child where it's like, oh, I would love to see Brad Dourif just kill people for like an hour and then turn into a doll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this movie could be two and a half hours long if you just had an hour of him killing people followed <laughs> by an hour of him turning into a snowman. <laughs> I don't uh, see how that, that could go wrong at all. I don't know. My, I think my only complaint is that even even with the intentional cheese they're going for, that I feel like some of the special effects could have been done better. Even even in an amateurish film, they could have been done better. Sure. Some of the scenes where they do close-up with the hands, and it's like, that's just an oven mitt that happens to be white. So, <laughs> I, I, that's not quite good enough. The funny thing is, I read in the trivia, this was actually supposed to be a $30 million movie directed by Rennie Harlan. What? <laughs> yeah. That's what they said. I take that with a grain of salt. But I mean, just imagine a thirty million dollar Rennie Harlan version of this movie. I don't even I want to. Love, I would love to see it. I'd be like, right. what the fuck is Rennie Harlan gonna do? To be honest, it sounds pretty awesome. But <laughs> this movie is way better than that fictional version of the movie that I think somebody is screwing with you by putting it on IMDb. <laughs> well, probably. But I want I want to say besides the special the special effects are really my only complaint the the acting's cheesy but the cheese helps the movie rather than hurts the movie the kills are cheesy but the cheese helps the movie rather than hurts the movie like it's it's just a really well thought out cheese fest that ends up being so fun to watch what you know what else with the with the cheese factor in this film was that in the beginning there's a lot less of it and it ramps up gradually throughout the film so that by the time you get to the final like killer snowman run amok in this town, if we've built up to that gradual, like we're prepared for that ridiculousness. And so it's like, you're not, you, by the time he's raping Shannon Elizabeth in the, uh, in the shower, you're not surprised by that at all. Like there's, and it's like, well, if you're not questioning why she broke into the sheriff's house and is taking a shower, then why would you question why this stuntman is trying to have sex during that shower? It, at this point, it makes sense. I, I do feel like for this this movie suffers for lack of nudity for some reason. Yeah, that's what I, was I, I don't. Yeah, if you're gonna go cheap schlocky horror like that, like don't shoot around boobs. That's it's fucking weird. It's the era it was made in. Well, especially for an actress who showed her boobs like like a year later in American Pie. Yeah. And that's in, kind of what she's known for. In a movie that paid probably a lot more than this one. Hey, don't call it. Don't, art art shouldn't be, have a price tag on it, Doug. <laughs> I'm not sure what to tell you. Her boobs have a price tag on them, too. So. <laughs> sure. Um, Man, too. Uh, so does anybody just want to talk about some of their favorite scenes? I mean, there's nothing really to. We're not gonna. It's not like the wizard or little monsters. I don't think we're gonna do some deep uh, philosophical so, discussions. 
to set the stage, one of the most the, the important ability he can melt and refreeze at will, which is how he kills people for the most part, with by making sharp icicles and such. But there is a scene where he is melting and coming underneath a door, and they unload a clip of a gun into awesome. a puddle on a concrete floor, and then go, it's not working! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the suspense was working for you guys in that scene, but I predicted that that wasn't going to work. You know, I wondered, though, why not just throw a blanket on that when it's in puddle form and then, like, run that blanket to the other side of the room and put a blanket in more of it and run that blanket to the different side of the room. You could have had them separated into a bunch of little pieces, even if you did try to reform. Don't try to solve their problems, Doug. All right. It would be fun uh, just to see them in like a third movie just throw a bunch of rags and shit into him and whatever he reforms he's just a nasty gross rag man (laughs) you fuckers I can't get out of this it's permanently blended into me well yeah we'll learn throughout the series that pretty much anything he comes into contact with can be permanently blended in if it's convenient plot wise so exactly this is true uh, do you guys have any favorite kills from the movie? Um, I think the aforementioned uh, um, sled scene was pretty awesome. Yeah, I yelled yes at the top of my lungs when that happened because I had forgotten completely about that scene. And I just got super excited when that head went flying through the air. <laughs> I did, d- despite the fact that it's one of the scenes that I feel like the special effect could have been done way, way better. The uh, face into the box of glass ornaments kill is pretty fun. Yeah. Or just smashing her. But, once again, that is the most blatant mannequin I've I've seen in a long time. Like, there's no excuse for a mannequin that doesn't at least have, like, an articulated neck or something, so it doesn't look like a board. (laughs) Yeah, but it was a fun kill. Yeah, it was awesome. It was just a bad effect, if that makes sense. And then just strings her up in the Christmas tree. That's the part I really enjoyed, was when he's like, just, because you just see him like going in circles with the the wires and the lights, just tying her up, and you're like, oh, that's nice and festive. <laughs> I wonder how they get their tree to balance like that, because every time I've put up a tree, if you hung a body off it, it would fall over for sure. <laughs> Bolted into the floor. I do like the uh, part of the plot in this movie is that the only reason why the main character survives to the end of the movie is that he doesn't love his child and doesn't want to try his terrible cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why I was just like, wait, this movie, like almost just like that character could have just been dead in the first five minutes. Yeah. Over. That'd be a very, very different film. (laughs) Well, especially because, so the cop would be dead, and then the little kid would look like he's the one that killed that other kid pushing him in front of the sled, and that little kid would go to prison, and the movie would end with the evil snowman getting away. <laughs> it's like, well, ruined that family, didn't have to do anything. Yeah, the kid put fucking antifreeze in the his oats. Yeah, it would help keep warm. To keep his dad warm. 
This is the most ridiculous shit ever. <laughs> that is more ridiculous than the snowman coming to life. That's yeah. yes. Because the mom was sitting there in the kitchen with the kid while he was making his food. And the mom is complicit. I think it was the mom's like, you put more antifreeze in there. We're going to kill your dad and run away with the insurance money. So so as cheesy as the movie is, I still got to complain. That kid's a bad fucking actor. Yeah. Like, like, he's supposed to be a cheesy kid actor, and he doesn't get that right. If that makes sense. Which that's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, you're right, but I just let it go because I'm just like we're watching a direct to VHS movie about a killer snowman. Uh, I can't I can't criticize them for not being able to like set a wide enough net when they were casting. Hey, they hit the finest community theaters in the tri-state area. <laughs> Shit, in the, in the movie they got Doug Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's where the bigger budget comes. Yeah, so apparently they filmed this in California as well. So pretty much all of the snow is like cotton and or styrofoam. No, it doesn't look that real. <laughs> once, once again, in in a cheesy movie like this, I shouldn't be complaining about bad special effects. But come on, fucking seriously, like in a movie with a killer snowman, you can't make halfway fucking decent fake snow? <laughs> make halfway decent killer snowman. It was just like a giant rubber block they pushed around the movie. Yeah. They're just painted with that uh that spray paint that textures stuff to look like stone. Yes. I feel the snowman to look like that on purpose because they were trying to like play off like the old claymation stuff. Make him look like he belonged in one of those movies. Yeah. Or I'm making excuses for the movie because I love it. Making excuses. <laughs> See, but I'm almost I, I'm okay with bad snowman because you know you've got to make the snowman move and shit. So that's that requires a little bit of like technical skill. But making fake fucking snow, they literally make fucking machines that will make fake fucking snow for you. <laughs> Like, too expensive unless you got that 30 million dollar Rennie Harlan but you know what the worst part of the fake snow was though every now and again somebody would pick some up and then they would cut to their hand and they'd have real snow in their hands so it just drew attention to how bad the fake snow was right <laughs> they should just got like one of those Snoopy snow cone makers just yep. giant bags of ice it could have been intern jobs there you go So it was one of your favorite kills, Noah. Uh, like I said, I like the face and the ornament thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I actually, I, I really like the uh, the Shannon Elizabeth death scene, too, just because of how fucking over the top it is with, with her, like, sticking out of the snowman screaming for no, for no fucking reason, basically. Well, there's a reason. <laughs> well, she's got a carrot in her. <laughs> I mean, this is not this is a very male centric podcast, so maybe we shouldn't comment. But I would guess that would hurt. I don't know. I I will say something that in both of these uh, series, even more than like snow gags and cold gags, the most prevalent fucking thing 
seems to be ridiculous carrot jokes. <laughs> like, yeah. how many fucking carrot things can you come up with to fucking do with a carrot and put carrots different places and madness? Well, apparently two movies worth, because that's where the franchise ended. They're like, oh, we run out of for, na- for now. <laughs> for now? You never know. If Star Wars can come back, these guys can come back 30 years later. Uh, uh, so, Doug, some of your favorite kills. I kind of like when he shot the icicles through the one guy's head. I think it was Shannon Elizabeth's boyfriend's head. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like that. That was that was like a, that felt like a real kill from a slasher film. I think my favorite moment in the whole film was probably when they discovered the first body and it was in the rocking chair, just rocking, and the sheriff and his deputies are sitting around talking and they go through the entire scene and at the very end they reveal that the one sheriff's been rocking the chair with his foot the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, could you stop doing that with your foot? He's like, oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that because I've seen so many old horror movies that I never questioned why it was rocking. I'm just like, yeah, that's what would be happening. It would be rocking still. (laughs) That was pretty good. Uh, oh, also say still so the the final melt going into the back of the truck filled with antifreeze, mm. is super fucking cool. But the getting slapped with the uh, the murder oats, where <laughs> no man's head melts, and all of a sudden it's like fleshy and gross in that spot. <laughs> yeah, it is weird how it just goes from snow to just like gelatinous pink, like fleshy. Well, you just don't know enough about how killer snowmen work. That's exactly how it would go in the real world. So. Yeah, it's going to be realistic. That's the color of water DNA leaching out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did pick up on the fact that whatever that chemical was, it basically had the same effect as the ooze from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? It just merges you with whatever you happen to be touching. Yeah. <laughs> Which means potential spin-off series for somebody who's touching something other than snow when he gets splattered. So. Oh. And my... Oh, I get to do a shout-out to uh, that guy actor, but now my brain's farting on who it is. The the science-y FBI guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who he is either. He's that guy. Giant, giant forehead guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure he's really glad you're giving him a shout-out. <laughs> as giant forehead guy well, he's a fat guy he's in so much shit and, and out, he's the best actor in the entire movie by by far judging by his his other body of work I'm not saying in the movie his acting is the best <laughs> but of all of the people in this film maybe with the exception of Shannon Elizabeth who is questionable <laughs> I actually think she's better in this film than she is in most other things she's been in Yeah, <laughs> which is weird well, she's not doing a fake accent like in uh, American Pie. <laughs> I just, I really want to know if she she went to audition for American Pie, and they're like, "You look really fucking familiar." Did you get fucked by a snowman? <laughs> fuck you to death, and she goes, "Yeah, that was me." And they're like, "Oh, you're in the movie." Oh well, if you were already in a snowman fucking movie, you might as well be in our pie fucking movie. It makes sense. <laughs> How would you feel about walking around naked a lot? <laughs> Uh, the big forehead guy's name is Rob LaBelle. Rob LaBelle, thank you. Who's best known for his 
work in Watchmen and Man on the High Tower. Yeah. I also clicked his IMDb. Oh. Link. <laughs> Yeah, he's been in a shit ton of stuff, and like I said, he's a really good actor. It's 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 always weird in these movies seeing a really good actor pop up and going, "Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here?" Uh, he was in a Hallmark Channel movie, Christmas movie, called "Hitched for the Holidays," starring the one Sir Joseph Lawrence. Um, is it really weird that the second you said starring? Uh, one mister, I was waiting for you to say Gutenberg. I wish it was the Goot. It was in a Hallmark movie with the Goot. <laughs> no, I'm having to suffer through all those Hallmark Christmas movies right now. Not really suffer through them because I don't watch them, but Amanda watches them. So I'll be walking to the room. Oh, this is on. And then I'll turn around and go do something else. There's wow. There is one particular group of bad movies that I can't do. <laughs> Again, Hallmark movies are so fucking bad. <laughs> Most of them start Candace Cameron, and they all have the same plot, where she's either left her hometown and has now come back to help her dad do something with the uh, Christmas store, Christmas village, Christmas uh, festival, and realizes she needs to stay home instead of going back to work at the big city. And, of course, she calls for her old boyfriend from high school. Which is, which I, I understand is supposed to be romantic and beautiful. To me, that sounds like the most fucking depressing movie I've ever heard in my entire life. It's, it's like, this is how you go to be an accessible, uh, successful, confident woman and then destroy it all. Like, <laughs> back to your, your shitty hometown and get knocked up. By some douchebag that was on the football team that never made it out of the town and now works at the local grocer. You know what makes those Hallmark Channels movies even better? Killers. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd watch them with if they had Killer Snowman. If that became a fucking thing, <laughs> that would become my favorite thing. If there was every year a romantic comedy Hallmark movie with featuring a Killer Snowman. <laughs> Just one. Just give us one Hallmark channel. Come on. Like, like, and have it just random throughout the movie and a lot of them, like, you're not ready for it. Like, they're walking through the woods hand in hand and, you know, some beautiful Christmas carol cover by some shitty indie band starts playing and all of a sudden, like, a snowman drops out of a tree and just rips some random person in the back of the half. It's like, oh, look, Candace Cameron's in it and she's falling in love with some guy who's on a soap opera. Oh, and then yeah, Killer Snowman. Totally. Let's make this happen, Hallmark Channel. Sold. <laughs> uh, sure we're, we're really their primary market too. They're yeah. like, oh, those three guys. Yeah, they definitely are going to watch our movie. <laughs> the, adjust our content to fit their needs. Those yeah. guys really know what gets a woman going. <laughs> uh, I'm like, come on, guys. This one had a carrot up a. A woman's hoo-ha. I mean, that's going to get a woman wet, wet right? They're, they're going to be like, excuse me, sir, please get out of our office. You look like a homeless man. <laughs> I like how they call you, sir, even though you look like a homeless man. Oh. Hey, they're respectful. They're the Hallmark Channel. It's not like they're Fox or now known as Disney. I heard Noah sigh. <sighs> 
that feels like a tangent. Let's move forward. Move faster. So we already talked about that. What's that? <laughs> I don't know. We've already been down that tangent. We all know where it leads. <laughs> um. So, how do you guys feel about how they defeat them? Where they just throw them in the uh, antifreeze and then bottle all the antifreeze up and decide to bury it out in the middle of nowhere? I fucking love it. Makes <laughs> as much sense as anything. <laughs> that actually, the, the bottling it up in separate, separate gallon containers and then burying it in the, like behind somebody's house makes more sense than like half the endings of horror. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. It's a really logical way to handle the situation after everything else that's gone on, and it's like the first logical moment of the film. Like, oh yeah, I guess we should. Where they're like, they're burning the bad guy, and he falls down, and they like, thank God that's over, and then they just walk away. No, that shit. Cut him up into little chunks, put him in bags, and bury him in somebody's backyard. The only thing they should have done is maybe bury like one bottle in each backyard, so yeah, dig them all up. That's what I was going to say. Everybody in town should have got their own gallon and they hid it in their own backyard to keep them separate. Or just under the front porch, but you risk losing it like the kid from Stand By Me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh. All right. Anything else before we move on to uh, Jack Frost 2? Uh, Jack uh, Frost 2 is Hawaiian. Super high recommend. As, as long as you've got a like a decent, cheesy horror sense of humor, this is one of the Awesome. I don't add it add it to your Christmas list. Um, I don't know about add it to your Christmas list, but other than that I agree with most of what he just said. Well, I mean your Christmas list of movies that you watch around Christmas time. Oh, I don't know. I think this is the gift that you could watch any time of the year. So I'm saying. But I watch I watch Santa Slay and I watch Krampus and I watch fucking Deck Frost. No gremlins? Come on, man. No, I do. No, we we can't go into it. I literally, I have about thirty movies I watch every December. It's out of fucking control. It it eats up a significant amount of my life at Christmas time, trying to get through all of my traditional movies. Uh, I'm sure uh, your girlfriend loves you right now. She does not. <laughs> Look, but. but I'm super honest. But luckily, right now, I am unemployed, so I can watch most of the bad ones while she's at work, so she doesn't have to, like, sit there and sigh next to me while I'm laughing at Bill Goldberg killing somebody. That's <laughs> uh, a little sneak preview for, for what I was going to be talking about next week. Um, all right. Doug, anything you want to say before we move on? Uh, well, since we badmouthed the special effects... We should point out the one thing they did that was really, really clever at the beginning of the movie. During, like, the opening credit sequence, they just had, like, ornaments with, like, the names of the people, the various people that are required to be credited before the movie starts, taped to it. And I thought it was one of the more clever opening credit sequences that I've seen in a long time. It's just like they're going down the Christmas tree and each ornament has a different name on it. And I'm pretty sure it's just somebody wrote them on there. And I'm sure if, like, you know, if they had Rennie Harlan money, that would have been all CGI or whatever, but they just actually have real ornaments with the names, and they just go through it. Yeah. I thought it was really clever, and it really set up the film well. It really is, and the uh, the narration, too. The idea that it's a uh, like an angry person angrily telling their child a terrifying Christmas story. 
<laughs> yeah, the narration is essentially somebody being like, "Look, you little shit! You keep asking questions. I'm going to tell you the worst story I can think of." Uh, which was voiced by the director, by the way. Fair enough. <laughs> Got to give yourself a cameo somehow. Exactly. M Night Shyamalan, ding dong. Oh, pretty much. Uh, say the same thing. Like it's enjoyable. Um, I almost just, I almost want to have like a uh, horror themed like horror Christmas party, and just have shit like this running on the TV the entire time. I think it'd be perfect for that. Yeah, I keep planning on it every year, doing like a like a Krampus knock party, but mm-hmm. just have like a Halloween costume party for Christmas. Just everybody show up as your favorite like evil. Christmas person. That's just a lot of people dressed as Krampus, though. It, it really is. Or or it would be me running around with an umbrella screaming garbage day and jabbing people in the back with it. <laughs> I would uh, dress up in a Christmas and like an evergreen tree costume and say I was Corey Feldman from Gremlins. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh. All right, so uh, next up is the 2000 direct-to-video movie Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Murderous Killer Snowman, or Mutant Killer Snowman. Correct. I don't remember what the subtitle is. Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. They really should have just stolen the old Beetlejuice sequel title and just Jack Frost as Hawaiian. Yeah, it would have been a better title. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Noah, do you want to recap how this, uh, sure. So, uh, the bottles are dug up and being experimented on once again, uh, due to a Christmasy drink being dropped in them, Jack Frost reanimates some fucking how that is unexplained. That's what I love. They're trying all these things and it's like, keeps failing, keeps failing. And someone's cup of like chocolate hot chocolate with with like brandy or something and it falls in the thing and it's like oh that's the X factor we were missing uh, so Jack Frost comes back uh, meanwhile the cop from the first movie who is clearly taking a lot of shit for the fact that he's been telling people for a year that he had to fight a killer snowman and no one fucking believes him uh, is dragged on a vacation slash second honeymoon slash wedding for their friends uh, on a tropical, very much uh, club uh, club dread slash exactly what I was thinking Margaritaville Island. Like that's, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> what what coconut peats. The snowman finds his way through the island, uh, stopping to... Through the ocean. (laughs) Yeah, through the ocean, stopping to murder Doug Jones and his friend who were in a life uh, life raft having an epic gun battle with a carrot, because once again, we need a fucking carrot joke. Uh, Makes it to the island, starts murdering people, uh, and it becomes kind of uh, almost like a zombie-esque siege film, kind of? Like, everybody's kind of hiding out on the island, being menaced by the snowman and its 10,000 weird snowball babies. 
the gremlin that they needed for the movie. Meanwhile, plot device is introduced that somehow Jack and the cop have become linked. <laughs> thus explaining how Jack found him on the other side of the planet and why the cop keeps getting like premonitions for the presence of Jack. Uh, fight, fight, fight. Uh, antifreeze doesn't work anymore. Fight, fight, fight. Oh, we figured out how to kill these things. Fight, fight, fight. In well, no, you can't skim over how you kill the things in your plot. <laughs> right. so you, you shouldn't be afraid of spoiling anything for this because, movie. Because they're linked, it turns out that while Jack has become immune to antifreeze, he now has a sensitivity to bananas. <laughs> So therefore, banana smoothies being shot at him throughout much of the last half of this movie. Now, horror movies have a history of, as as franchises go along, the sequels getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, You know, everybody thinks that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is the worst Nightmare on Elm Street, and they are probably right. And no. people excuse think me, that, Brian, when you do this, you edit the word probably out of that sentence. <laughs> they are right. I can't let that go. <laughs> people think that Critters 4 is the worst Critters movie. And uh, as it turns out, Jack Frost 2 is the worst Critters movie. <laughs> because, because that's pretty much what this movie turns into halfway through it. It's a bunch of little two-fed snowballs and we were talking about how the special effects were not uh, up to snuff in the first movie, and they are so much goddamn work in this movie. <laughs> yeah. These are pretty much those foam balls you can buy at, like, the craft store that they just painted faces on, and they throw them at each other throughout the film. <laughs> That's the special effects. And they clearly had a larger budget for this movie because the cast is much bigger, and obviously there's more, like, set pieces and things like that. And they added CGI, in which I don't know on what planet you're sitting there making terrible practical effects, and you're going, this looks bad, but I think we could really do worse CGI. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's just really make bad. Well, direct-to-video CGI from the year 2000, that speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, they kind of they tried to keep the same tone that that intentional cheese uh, ridiculousness and the fact that they actually managed to like carry over the main actor and all that kind of stuff, which is generally a good thing. The only problem is this one's not anywhere near as good. It's not as entertaining. It like the cheese while it's still trying to be intentional, just comes off as, okay, well, that's that's just, like, dumb. Like, it's not cheesy. It's just bad. Like, Well, it's because they try to keep the same tone, but they end up ramping it up quite a bit. Yeah. So you literally have scenes of, like, a carrot moving across the beach. Like, commentary. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here and get these guys, and I'll show them when I get there over there. And you're just like, that's just annoying. That's not funny. Yeah, I can I can honestly say in this entire movie there's like scenes that I like, but overall I don't I don't much care for this one. Yeah, I'm not too far off, but 
Still had a, a somewhat of a, an enjoyable time watching it, but it was not nearly as enjoyable as the first one. Yeah. Doesn't help I watched them back to back today. Yeah, I was surprised how much this is a direct sequel to the first one. I just assumed it was just going to be the snowman attacks a different town and sort of the same story as the first one. But they actually did write in a sequel. It's it's almost like they were trying to make a serious movie when they were in the writing process, but by the time they got to filming, they just went fully ridiculous. They're like, no, this uh, sheriff is our Dr. Loomis. We got to make sure he's in every movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I had a point. I, uh, I, I would say there's, there's a, a few runs of jokes in this movie that are pretty fucking funny. Like, they bring back the FBI agent from the first movie, but they had to switch actors. Yeah, which I was going because we didn't really talk about that guy very much in the last movie. Yeah. Well, that's because in the, in the first movie, he's just, I mean, he's just kind of like a random assholey character. He's just that typical assholey cop that's in most movies, but since the main guy's a cop, they had to make him an FBI agent. Yeah, he gets his head chomped on when, uh, when Jack Frost's like, abilities get better. So he has, like, icicle teeth and stuff. So yeah, like you said, they they recast him in this, and they just comment that he had to have a lot of like fifteen surgeries or something. Now he yeah. looks younger and like a completely different person. Yeah, they bring it. They bring it up a bunch of times where she's like, "Man, he's better looking now." It confused me because I like I wasn't paying enough attention to catch onto the names, and it took me a while to figure out it was supposed to be the character from the last movie. I'm like, but it's clearly a different guy, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so so those jokes I thought were really funny. I thought pretty much all the stuff with the old guy who, like, owns the resort island, everything he does fucking The whole movie should have just been, like, that guy saying random things. Like, finding a horribly mangled corpse and just being like, it's clearly a shark attack. <laughs> On land. Yeah. And, yes, and, 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 I, didn't, I didn't like that guy really changes your enjoyment of the film if you don't like that guy because he's center stage for much of the movie and I'm, I was not entertained by him really see I, I I thought that that was probably the funniest fucking thing of the whole movie where you know he's talking about the shark attack and then the guy walks up with the tongs with the eyeballs on him and he's like you think a shark did this and he's like well probably not but I mean <laughs> and, and then later and he's like listen there is no killer snowman that just somebody died from a tragic shark attack and in a terrible cooking accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like, because uh, we get our main characters showing up for their vacation and then like three girls who are on their like spring break type trip, even though this is like spring break type place I've ever seen. Um, but they're like, they have a little fire. And it's like, I'm going to go get some more coal. And it's like, why would you have a fire with coal? <laughs> there should be more firewood. But we need an excuse for him to find coal for his eyes, of course. There, there was also two men on a life raft whose only food was a single carrot. Yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, it was the only food they had left. He's when a they single... got on a life raft, they probably had many carrots. Uh, and for some reason, a single unpeeled carrot. There's no way to peel the carrot. Hey, when you're that starving, you just eat it. Um, I did like he was trying to kill that girl by dropping icicles from the tree. 
and kept missing her. And so he's like, fuck it, just turned into a giant ice uh, anvil and dropped on her Looney Tunes style. That was pretty funny. (laughs) I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but I'll allow it. I was just that was one of the parts I liked. I really liked the uh, the photographer and the suit model. Turns into ice cubes and is basically <laughs> just trying to get lucky with this chick by having her rub ice cubes on her nipples and stuff. <laughs> and he keeps getting excited, and then something bad happens. And he's like, "Oh, you bitch!" Ah! <laughs> I could never understand in those scenes if we were supposed to be like, what were we listening to his internal monologue or was he saying these things out loud? It was always weird to be out. I'm like, how come no one's responding to the fact that Ice Cube is talking? See how the Ice Cube was moving whenever it was talking on the ground? I'm assuming he's talking out loud. It's just supposed to be so quiet because it's a single Ice Cube that they don't see. And or have eaten a bunch of acid and don't realize that it's... (laughs) Yeah. Then gets into the ice and her iced coffee, which then she chews up. But he's like, "Oh no!" But then it just makes her head explode later. Yeah. See, this film is so much more enjoyable right now than it was when I was watching it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like when you when you say all that, I'm like, "That sounds great." <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, though. Here's the scenes were good. There were scenes that were good in the movie. Just the overall movie is. Yeah, like I think it lost me when the snowman traveled across the ocean to track them down on a tropical island. I'm just like, I think I, I'm out at that point. It's just kind of a dumb plot starting point. And so everything else is kind of ruined from that. Acceptable. That is an acceptable stance on what's going on. <laughs> like. The the scene where they're having a snowball fight and then Jack like fires a snowball and blows off somebody's arm <laughs> while they're having a snowball fight, that is fucking hilarious. Yet somehow that overall scene still ends up being bad because the cool thing gets buried in all of the shit. Like because it goes on way too long and it's not other than the arm coming off and that chick getting sprayed in the face with a ton of gore, it's not entertaining. Well, uh, yeah, and a big another big problem is like when they need it to be snowy, they just go fine. Now it's going to snow on the island, and they have a, a bunch of the characters not being bothered by the fact that it's snowing on this tropical island. Well, I'm like it, it, I don't know, if you, if you weren't on a tropical island, we wouldn't have this problem. Once, once again, I think that is stupid, and that is a valid grievance. But at the same time, the old man being like, oh, it's happened before in 1862. Although I guess that was hail. But it's the same thing. <laughs> you really like that old man, eh? He was, I think he's the best part of the whole fucking movie. His, his random little explanations where he's explaining away everything in the movie, no matter how fucking terrible it is. That is a good running joke. Mm. In a movie with not a lot of good running jokes. <laughs> I'm, yeah. just wait, I'm just waiting for Doug to argue. <laughs> no, I just, I didn't like the old guy. He felt like he, he might have been an okay character in a different movie, but he certainly didn't feel like he belonged in this movie. He felt like, you know, like when you're watching like a Monty Python and they have like the extra character show up to explain what's going on. He felt like that character. He was like completely removed. He wasn't living in the same universe as all the other characters. And I think that's what made me not enjoy him. 
So that's what took you out of this, not the killer snowman or the snowball babies, or no. The, the I told you I got taken out when the snowman went all the way across the ocean to chase him across the <laughs> island. Because I love that when you pointed out they had a bigger budget, that just went off in my head. I'm like, oh, they just had a bigger budget, so they just went and filmed somewhere nicer. <laughs> that's all they did. <laughs> um, Obviously, Doug, they were stealing the plot from Jaws Four: The Revenge. Oh shit! You're probably right. <laughs> this, is, this whole thing is just an homage to Jaws Four. <laughs> and that old guy is Michael Caine. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. All right. Um, they, but the- they both have a Rasta guy in them. Come on. <laughs> they do. It's... I I've got a question. What what came out first, this or Club Dread? Uh, I want to say Club Dread was like a year later. I was going to say, because I think this came out first, and that means they, I'm pretty sure they aped this movie. Because they steal a lot of shit from this movie. Club Dread, 2004. So four years later. That's that's what I'm saying, because there are too many things that are too similar to to be accidental. Hmm. And I think part of it might be Jaws 4, that they were aping Jaws 4 stuff, too. But <laughs> I love how we're assigning to, it stole, this movie stole from this movie, which stole from this movie. And it's like, none of us know whether these guys stole <laughs> Jaws 4. They might just be as stupid as the people who wrote Jaws 4. They might not have. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. Jaws, Jaws 4 notwithstanding, th- this movie and Club Dread have, like, there's just too many parallels like the whole vacation island the the weird jamaican guy the dude who's basically the fun police the like all those characters are they exist in both movies and, the, and they're, they're literally like the exact same guy if you watch both those movies they're the same guy you're not wrong but so you think uh what was it i still know what you did last summer did they rip off both of them but just I, put just yep. put Jack Black as the Rasta guy in it. What, what, what year was I know? Because <laughs> what if, if I end up finding that a bunch of these horror movies have ripped off fucking Jack Frost 2, The Revenge of the... <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still know what you did last summer. It was 98. So they all would have been ripping off I still know what you did last summer. Okay. That see that I can accept that so much better because it was the opposite. There would have to be some horrible meme of my like brain exploding into nuclear. <laughs> Dreamer is awoken. Uh, we've discovered the purpose of the Matrix. It's all Jaws for. <laughs> all Jaws for. End of the day. Jesus. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I like how you're like. Now let's get back to our logical conversation. Most, most of we forgot to start one this week. Most of the special effects were worse. A couple of them were pretty cool. The, the the frozen tongue rip thing was pretty cool. I liked that. Like it was cheesy, but that was a cool, cool scene. I mean, I feel like the snowman special effects were better, but then the snowball special effects were horrible. Yeah, and the snowballs too. Like. That was a, a fun little idea. It shouldn't have taken up so much of the movie. No, it should not. Like, it feels like they think it was a better idea than it was. Yeah. They should have just ripped off the uh, the Alien Queen scene from Aliens. 
And that's where all the snowballs were instead of like instead of like half a critters movie in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, now we're just recommending who they should rip off instead. <laughs> if you should have ripped off Jaws 3 and had this set in like a place that had tunnels that went under the water. That would have been better. Somebody's fucking ripping off somebody. I will admit the post credit scene actually pretty fucking funny. Like I'll give it I'll give it that much. I'm I actually didn't see the post credit scene, but I read about it after. Yeah. Uh it was on the TV, but I was talking to Amanda, so I didn't even pay attention to what was going on. I just know it was the people stuck in the freezer, but yeah, the implication is apparently that they die in that freezer because nobody went back for them. Well, no. Yep. Happy wedding day. And there was also a during credit scene. So they were like beating Marvel to all this shit. <laughs> so these guys ripped off Jaws 4 and then Marvel ripped off these guys? They inspired several prominent late 90s <laughs> horror movies and... <sighs> See, I was hoping for a giant Godzilla-sized Jack Frost and all I got was a giant carrot. Once again. Yeah, yeah I wish they would have fucking shown it. I do like the fact that they yell, oh no, Jack is alone, like they would know. <laughs> like, like Jack stopped off, attacked Japan, then <laughs> across the ocean to attack the cop. <sighs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. So this one, I would call it, it's, it's a recommend, but it's a recommend for like Un View. Like I, th- I think you can watch the first one over and over again, and it's still enjoyable. But this one's like it, it loses its welcome pretty fucking fast. Uh, I'll agree with that. Yes, even yeah. though, I, even though I rated them the same on Letterbox, I think uh, that's probably the same. That's probably the best idea. <clears throat> yeah, for for this one, my recommendation would be to type in Jack Frost two scenes into YouTube and see if you can find a lot of these individual moments to watch that are fun rather than actually sitting and watching the whole film. That's probably a good idea. Because, I mean, there's too much of a carrot running around the beach providing social commentary and that old guy that some people apparently like, but I didn't. There's too much of that (laughs) for me to recommend people actually sit through this movie just for the few good kills. So many fucking carrots. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the never-ending source of carrot humor. Uh, we did forget to mention there is one scene of nudity in this movie where the girl goes skinny dipping when she thinks everybody's asleep in the pool, and he just like sticks his hand in the pool and swishes it around and freezes the top of the pool so she can't get out. That was actually a pretty good kill. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that's, that's rather clever. Most most of the kills that don't involve the snowballs are pretty good in this movie. Yeah. I think yeah, that might be where the extra budget went was to stuff like that. And I do appreciate the fact that this is essentially a slasher series, so they wanna get the kills up and I respect that. They just the obvious body count when it shows up on the back of a truck is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I think the girls just show up and it's just like, oh, dead, 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 dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I thought at least like maybe one or two of them would end up lasting like throughout the movie, but would still end up getting killed. No, but no we're just going to kill all three of them off in the first scene. Yep. 
That's just you guys are just here to be killed because we don't we're not writing a script for this. We're just writing kill scenes, which is fine. Uh, that part I don't have a problem with. Uh, then they got halfway through the movie and they're like, "We need a plot device." And they're like, uh, "Snowballs, <laughs> maybe snowballs." What do we do with them? Uh, rip off the critters and then randomly make one look different, like gremlins. <laughs> uh, oh, good lord! All oh, right. How do, how do you want it to look different? Put it like an ice mohawk on it. Everybody likes mohawk gremlins. <laughs> I love the fact that they refer to it as the mohawk gremlin because they don't know its name. <laughs> If they were the kind of people who knew the gremlin's name, then they would be better off. That's who should be making horror films. You yeah. look Spike, and you're like, okay, that's different. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, anything else before we uh, move on? Nope. Uh, no, that's enough. All right. <laughs> uh, anybody need a break? No. Nope. We could build him tall, or we could build him not so tall. Snowman. Snowman. We did forget. We did forget to talk about when he uh, made himself a box and tried to squeeze that lady. Uh. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about bad special effects? The the fake snow is bad enough. Like the fake snow is super fake. But. The the end after after rocking where he's dead, like fucking shaving cream and dish foam, like that's not remotely fucking like that's, that's nothing to do with anything. <laughs> genetically modified water, come on. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose if you genetically modify water, it becomes shaving cream. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, no uh, listener feedback this week. Uh, did either one of you watch anything? <laughs> I got a, a couple things. Uh, after you, Doug. Yeah, go for it. Uh, well, I finally finished up Punisher. Yeah? We sort of had talked about when all of us had seen a little bit of it, but uh, finally got it done. Was pretty happy with the way it finished off. Yeah. Lots, and lots, lots and lots of good violence at the end of that zone, which oh, I appreciated. Yeah. The, last it was couple a, the last couple episodes are really good. Yeah. I do think it's a show that's designed to be uh, be binge-watched, and, and I think it kind of suffers a little bit when you watch it over a longer period of time, because it does start to feel like a long time between the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Overall, I was, I was pretty happy with it. My only comment would be it was an, it was another good Frank Castle story. Hopefully, we get a Punisher story next time. Mm. Well, it did get picked up for another season, so yeah. And it looks like you know they created a supervillain at the end for him to fight next time. So yeah, that should be good. We'll have guys in costumes fighting next time in our superhero show, as opposed to a little less time spent in boardrooms. Hopefully, but um, 
Yeah, and somebody ruined for me who that guy was, like who that character ultimately becomes. Yeah. Because I don't know like a ton about the Punisher, but like I knew who that who the villain is by his name. Yeah. But didn't know that that's who that character turned out to be. And then uh, someone just blatantly posted it on Facebook, and I was like, oh, great, thanks. Uh, at least I know where that's going. Uh, yeah, I sort of picked up on it during the scene where he's, I guess, he's creating the villain, I guess, is the way, the way to put it. I've, I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing here. They're setting him up for it to be so-and-so. I won't bother spoiling it. I'm sure most people have seen it if they want to by now. But... Yeah. I, w- once again, I would say Punisher does not have very many villains, so mm. it's the one you think it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I can only name one Punisher villain. And Here, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, big hint: it's not the Jackal. <laughs> you know, the Jackal, that classic classic villain that everyone knows by name. Uh, uh, he's the one who introduced Punisher. Come on. Yeah, so ultimately, uh, satisfied with it. You're definitely going to check out season two. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I say, I think I'm going to make it a point to binge watch next time so that there's not a week in between me watching the Punisher shoot people. But that's not the series' fault. It's clearly designed to be watched a certain way, and I watched it wrong. Yeah, it's it suffers from the same thing that a bunch of the Marvel Netflix shows do, and it has this weird lull in the middle of the season where everything slows down to a fucking halt for some goddamn reason. Yeah. And I, I get that not everything can be these highly coordinated fights because that shit's expensive and takes time. But Jesus Christ, it's the Punisher. Like, he fucking murders people. Like, <laughs> you go a lot of episodes without somebody getting murdered. Yeah, that's what I was kind of worried about, too, with him having a full series, which is why I suggested maybe he'd be like an in-between show sort of show where it's only like five or six episodes which I feel like would help yeah the only thing I would say to that is if you did have a show that was high action for whatever it is 13 straight episodes I think you'd start to see people complaining about how oh, this is not nothing but people shooting each other and, da, da, da. and I think you're you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't oh for sure and so I think they they do a pretty good job of balancing it out where they make it story heavy but with enough action sequences that you never really get bored. And again, I think if you're watching all in a row, you're going to be intrigued enough to keep hitting play and you're going to keep sticking with it until you get to the next violence. So it's a recommend for if people haven't seen it, I definitely think if you're you know, a fan of action or even like political thriller stuff, but you like your violence on top of that, I'd watch it. I I get that they're trying to reserve Kingpin to be a uh, Daredevil character. You know what I mean? But yeah. every every one of these shows should have at least one episode with the fucking Kingpin in it. I just don't like. Even though we've already had him in one season, I almost feel like he should be like the Thanos of this. Yeah, universe. Yeah. Where he gets a little little shout out in each series, and then ultimately it's going to lead up to a Defenders season or something yeah he's he's the biggest criminal in new york like that's the whole thing crime doesn't happen in new york without kingpin being involved which mm-hmm. makes him a really really cool character just to have looming in the background all of the time 
Yeah. And plus, D'Onofrio's portrayal of the Kingpin is amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. More, more of that. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that we aren't getting more of him all of the time because D'Onofrio's worth the money. Um, I think he's supposed to have a pretty big presence in the next season of Daredevil. But God damn it. I don't know. I think a, a lot of that is probably not just money, it's timing as well. D'Onofrio's a busy guy. Yeah. He's, he's everywhere, so how do you get him to come in and film your 13 episodes or whatever? Show him the contract he signed and said, you're going to do it. Read the contract, bitch. <laughs> That's exactly the best way to get a performance out of an actor, too. I don't know if yeah. you guys know that. That's usually what they recommend. <laughs> yeah, contractual obligations always turn out to be great. Yeah. I would just like to say out loud, $52.2 billion. Yes, <laughs> uh, matter what, I guess. Jesus Christ, that's uh, just an insane amount of money. <laughs> uh, so you want to talk about it, Noah? Do you need some feelings you got to get out of your chest? I'm fine. Like It's going to be great. Like Disney doesn't fuck shit up. They haven't, they haven't yet. They will, but they haven't yet. Can, can I just point out the one thing is like everyone keeps being worried about Deadpool being turned into like PG thirteen and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do people forget that Disney used to own Dimension? Like when they were making the Hellraiser movies, those were Disney movies in theory, right? Mm-hmm. They, so they obviously never PG thirteened up those types of franchises in the past. Why are people so worried they're going to suddenly do it now? They're going to keep it separate. They're going to do their rated R stuff, and they're going to make money, and they just won't put a Disney logo right front and center because they still want to keep that Disney brand name. Yeah, and yeah. and Disney understands money, and Deadpool makes money. Yeah. And, and once they've got Disney backing, Deadpool's going to make stupid, psychotic fucking Jesus money. Yeah, the fear is going to be if a Deadpool movie makes less money than they want it to make will they then try to fuck with it to try to make it make more money next time? I just, that's, I, that's I, a concern. I, I have a hard time seeing it. Like I said, D- Disney's not one to turn away something that clearly makes a profit. Yeah. And well, it clearly makes profit. So, I would say that uh, the good thing is we have Ryan Reynolds as sort of like a uh, guardian against that. Because um, one of the reasons... Uh, uh, what the fuck was the director's name of the first one? Like Tim Miller or something like that. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons he left this budget, like bigger action movie, and Ryan Reynolds kept saying, "Like, no, 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 no. We just do." We, I think we're losing you, Brian. Oh, I also uh, think that. Uh, hello, can you hear me now? Yeah. Huh? Okay. Um, I might have been leaning too far back in my chair. I think so. Uh, um, but yeah, Tim Miller wanted to like do like a bigger budget sequel, bigger budget, but bigger action, just a bigger story. And Ryan Reynolds is the one who was like, no, 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 no. We do it for like a smidge more than what we did last time, and we keep it like relatively low, so that way we can kind of do whatever we want. And if it you know, makes about the same amount of money, and they're still going to be happy with it. <clears throat> so hopefully, he can carry that over 
to Disney as well. Yeah. Which, which Noah brought up. I feel like we always heard like horrible things, especially like through the '90s and stuff about Disney. And I feel like the new sort of regime or whatever understands like them like yeah we bought you for a reason so just keep doing what you do and we'll gladly take that money yeah same thing with like lucas and stuff so hopefully that's just the status quo for all this i I would almost expect what i have expect disney to do is you're going to see the continued rated r deadpool movies and then you might see a different deadpool show up in the X-Men and greater Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if if not a completely different actor, then a very different temperamented version. I could see him getting a smaller role in those movies where he's forced to tone it down. Yeah, but then the genius thing is when he's in, the, if he's in those roles, he can totally call out that he's being toned down for a PG-13 yeah. audience and it still be like, okay, and acceptable, and the people that love rated our Deadpool can still laugh at it, and then just be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, he, they, they get the joke." Yeah, I, I still think the fuck gag would be a really good one. Make make the movie PG thirteen and have Deadpool say something about knowing that he only gets to say fuck once in the entire movie, and and have him keep getting ready to say it. And be like, no, no, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. And then at the very end of the movie, have some random character be like, "Oh well, fuck," and you'd be like, "No!" That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good idea. Can't wait till they steal that idea from you and you get all upset. <laughs> It'll happen. It would be hilarious. <laughs> It'll happen. Don't you worry. I think some Hollywood bigwig listens to us and then makes. Decisions based on what we say. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. Yeah, clearly. It's <laughs> Christmas. Kevin back. Wait, wait, one, no. one of our seven listeners is a Hollywood executive. <laughs> Home Alone versus Gremlins. You sons of bitches! <laughs> How dare you make money off of licenses that we didn't already own in the first place? Oh, by the way, I also rewatched both Home Alone and Gremlins this week, <laughs> and then I I got all excited. And I kept trying to tell people our idea for a crossover film, and everybody looked at me like I'm an idiot. I like, oh, I got all the details worked out. See, the wet bandits are robbing the, and they're like, no, just stop. <laughs> people at work do not want to watch that movie. Doug just walks away muttering to himself, <laughs> like the other guys get it. This place is bullshit. Uh, I don't miss me at work every day anyway, so. <laughs> I, I do believe, uh, Cheryl, a, a response to it was, why do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't, it's just in there. It's like, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, I would want to see it though. I'm like, exactly. Everyone wants to see it. <laughs> It just takes three insane guys to come up with the premise. Uh, I love that her, her her thought process is you might need to talk to a therapist or something, but yes, <laughs> right. I would like to see that movie. <laughs> well, don't tell me that people wouldn't want to watch that. If you just had just Kevin McAllister versus the Gremlins as your marketing slogan, people would go, yep. I that, just, that would, 
I want to write a letter to your guy and say that they fund us for making this movie trailer. I think we can make it happen. Now I'm okay. sad because that movie's not out. <laughs> Nor will it be because now uh, Warner Brothers still owns Gremlins. Now Disney owns Home Alone, apparently. Disney's just going to buy Warner Brothers if they happen to be listening. <laughs> so Disney well, does. They just have a guy that listens to podcasts, and then they mention a property they don't own, and they just go buy it. Well, three guys on this podcast came with a movie idea, so we have to make it happen. Get another $50 billion out. The funny thing is, I think that with the uh, the antitrust laws and stuff, I'm not sure they would ever let them do that. Well, I, I'm surprised they've let them do it so far. So, Yeah. Well, yeah. this one's this one's weird because they can argue that they're buying things that, like, technically they should have already owned, mm-hmm. like the original Star Wars, and yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of weird stuff when it comes to that. I don't understand. Yeah, but if they tried to buy Warner Brothers, they'd be like, "And then we will own all of the comic book characters." <laughs> I'm pretty sure the government would be like, "I don't know," about... and Donald Trump would be like, "That sounds great." Mega. <laughs> mix, mix them together. You remember Amalgam Comics? Make those movies. I like those. Uh, Don't make yeah. Trump sound cool enough to read comics. Yeah, he has no idea. No. He, would, he would just be, a, he would call his friends. That's what he usually says. I well, called some of my friends, and they said it's a good idea, so uh, I guess it's a good idea. No, why if the, you, why if the you fuck want to do it. Good, rich movie. Autobiographical, you know, it's about me. <laughs> if you want if you wanted them to do it, you'd be like, "Well, Obama said he didn't want any amalgam comic movies." Then Trump would be all on board for making it happen. Just stomping his feet, running in circles around the yeah. White House, complaining for an hour, and then he'd just make it happen. Yeah, exactly. All right. So there was a tangent. What yeah. else did you watch, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, most of the stuff I watched, I don't have a lot to say about. I, like I mentioned, Child's Play. I watched the new season of Trailer Park Boys. There's not much to say about it. <laughs> um, you know, you either like it or you don't. Um, I've never watched Trailer Park Boys. Well, I guess then you either like it, you don't, or you've never seen it and have no opinion. <laughs> I forgot about that third option, and I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, last thing I did watch, I rewatched Creed, which is the oh yeah Rocky Seven movie. Getting ready for the follow up. I was getting ready for Black Panther because it's the same director. Oh, okay, true, fair enough. And that's basically I, for some reason, was like laying in bed thinking, I wonder if the guy that made Creed should be making comic book movies or not. <laughs> the only way to find that out is to rewatch Creed, so I will. <laughs> Because I have like serious problems. Obviously, <laughs> your your mind works in weird circles. I don't know how good of a movie he makes, but damn it, that Black Panther trailer looks so good. Does. That's like that is almost porn to me. Like every time I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna watch the shit out of that. <laughs> you ever well, seen? Have you ever seen Creed? Creed Noah? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Okay. See, like I'm a huge Rocky fan, so Creed was like a real challenge for me. And then I'm like, mm. I think they nailed it. I think they just did, made a really good movie, which is 
another reason why I was perfectly happy to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. But rewatching it while thinking about like, should this guy be making this Marvel movie? I notice it's like it's a movie where you have a you have the kind of it's a standalone movie that has to fit in with this bigger existing universe. You've, you're bringing in a new character to be, be the main character, but you still have to use like these existing iconic characters now and now as sort of secondary background characters. Like, yeah, I can completely understand why they think a guy that made this movie could make a Marvel movie. It's a, essentially a drama film with a bunch of action mixed into it. I'm like, yep, that's kind of what the good Marvel movies are. I'm like, but Rocky and Rocky one and two is a boxer. Rocky in every other Rocky movie is a superhero. Not in six. Well, six. <laughs> no, you're right. Rocky three and four. He's a, he's a cartoon superhero, which is what makes those movies great. Yeah. Anyways, and I even noticed yeah. in Creed that the villain is drastically underdeveloped, and I thought, oh, this guy's perfect for Marvel. So now I'm super <laughs> excited for Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. Give me a just a a weird fluffy guy who with vague ambitions. There is there's like, like in Creed there's literally like there's one like interview scene where the bad guy boxer is just like being a dick and they talk about how he has to go to jail and he needs a big fight to make money for his kids before he goes to jail and that's it. And then they're just like that's good enough. We just need we just need somebody to be punching at each other in the last at the end of the movie. It's like perfect so now i'm super excited i think that guy's the perfect pick for a marvel movie uh sort of tying in i had a weird dream last night that uh i was i was on the run on the run from someone and then found myself at dolph london's house who apparently lives out in the country close to my mom and i was not aware and uh was hiding out in his house and he was helping me deal with whatever shenanigans I'd got myself into. So it was a very odd dream. Well, I feel better about everything I just said, because I thought I'd describe myself as being weird, but (laughs) at least now I'm the normal one on the podcast again. And for some reason, he was married to Shannon Tweed, not not, uh, Gene Simmons. Meaning Shannon Tweed's married to Gene Simmons. It was very, very, it was very odd. I think somewhere in my... 12 year old self just like hey remember all this shit and just like combined them all together in one dream remember Rocky 4 and showcase late late at night yeah, yeah, yeah. my favorite things back then <laughs> uh, now he's gonna be the new Rocky he's gonna be in the new Creed movie though which I'm excited about yeah I think it's like his son has to fight Creed right yeah, yeah. sure why not <laughs> well it's the big <laughs> thing he's fighting against the, the the family that killed his dad I mean come on yeah I hope he brings Russia and America together again because you guys could use that. <laughs> Learning it along once again. Yeah. Like when Rocky retired, the country started fighting again. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Whatever he hits, he breaks. <laughs> oh, he's going to get so much brain damage from fighting him. He doesn't even know. <laughs> it's fine. It goes away after a while. Yeah, it's, it's only around for one movie, and then it's only around for one movie. And if that movie's not good enough, we just ignore it. It's fine. I'll, I'll tell you what: the cancer angle in the last movie was pretty good. I, I didn't mind that, hmm. but 
you know, with uh, with what happened to Muhammad Ali and all that, you'd think they would have went with like degenerative brain disorder for him yeah. getting punched well, ten bajillion fucking times. Except you can't really do degenerative brain disorder and have him continue to coach the guy. Yeah. Get in the way. Plus, it thematically tied into the fact that his wife died that way in the previous movie and stuff. You just kind of feel like what what a great fuck you ending to the Rocky series would be for Rocky to die of that. To be like, hey, he's your hero, and guess what? He literally let them punch him to death. Like, he's all fucked up from entertaining you, you pieces of shit. The final movie is just his kid visiting him in some home where he just stares at a window all day. (laughs) Over the Philadelphia horizon. Trying to help him eat and wiping his bottom lip. They keep, keep bringing him to the statue of himself and he doesn't know who it is. <laughs> Who's this? I could have been a contender. <laughs> Where's Adrian? Yeah, that's oh, really sad. That's really sad. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't want to see the Rocky movie where he has degenerative brain disease anymore. <laughs> if he gets another disease in the next movie, I hope it's just cancer again. <laughs> <sighs> all right now that you've uh made us all very sad is there anything else you watched doug no that's that's about it for that week well a couple of more things but i don't think we're allowed to discuss them yet oh, okay uh what did you watch noah well i probably watched about 10 things that we can't talk about because they're things that i want to do episodes on <laughs> but okay. but then uh, in a random conversation, somebody said, "Can you dig it?" So I immediately went home and watched the Warriors because <laughs> I don't think I can hear that phrase and then not watch the Warriors for some fucking reason. Some kind of weird obsessive compulsive problem I have, and it's awesome. Still awesome. Never gets less awesome, no matter how many times I've seen it. And I've seen it a lot of times. And then I was sitting there thinking, "This movie's so cool." And it's just about people trying to get from point A to point B with very little plot and interesting violence. And I was like, what other movies follow that same line of thought? Let me guess. Was it Mad Max Fury Road? I watched Fury Road. And, and, And then I was like, yeah, that was really awesome. And now I want to watch more Mad Max. So I went back and I watched Mad Max. And then I was like, this isn't enough Mad Max. So I watched <laughs> The Road Warrior. And then I was like, well, I can't stop now. So I watched Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Tina Turner. <laughs> so I have, I have a question for both of you. Um, so you went and saw Fury Road in the theater. Yeah. Amanda had never seen a Mad Max movie before. Mm-hmm. So Fury Road's really been her only exposure to Mad Max. Do you feel she's going to be disappointed if she watches the rest of them? Uh, I don't. I don't think she would be disappointed by uh, Road Warrior or Thunderdome. Yeah. The first the first one's kind of odd man out. Yeah. I mean, I see that too. I know. Th- Thunderdome is awfully. I don't know, kid-friendly for a Mad Max film. So I almost feel like it's the odd man out in some ways. See, I don't think so. Not not compared to Fury Road, because it's the... 
the the end with the like crazy vehicle tank chase fight thing. Yeah. Like that's about as close to Fury Road as you get in the series. I mean you get a little bit of that in Road Warrior, but not much. Yeah, I feel like Fury Road did a really good job of being what we think Mad Max is, but when you actually go back and watch those movies, they're quite different. So I don't know whether somebody would be disappointed watching them, but someone should give her a warning that it's not the same thing. I think they all manage to be very different from each other while still being clearly the same vision. Does that, does that make sense? It's, it's such a weird... Yeah, I get it. No, we came home after the movie and I showed her all the trailers because she really enjoyed Fury Road. So she's definitely been interested in checking some of the other ones out. And uh, she was actually really impressed with uh, Tom Hardy's portrayal of Mad Max after watching the trailers and seeing sort of how Mel Gibson played him Hmm. and how Tom Hardy tried to play off that some. the, The interesting thing is Tom Hardy's portrayal of Max is a lot closer to Mad Max from, like, the first movie than the other yeah. two. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I would say if she wants to watch the rest of them, I would almost recommend watching them in reverse order. <laughs> not a bad idea. Like, she should watch Thunderdome, and then she should watch Road Warrior, and then you guys can watch the first one. Yeah. Because there's no... There isn't really an established timeline... In any of it, mm-hmm. which is on purpose, I guess, because George Miller's crazy like that, and I like it. Although the first movie's clearly the first movie, but yeah, yeah, everything else is interchangeable. But that's yeah, that's that's what I would do. And then whenever you get all the way back to the first one, you can point at the weird bad guy and be like, "That's goddamn." Uh, <laughs> that's a Morton, Morton Joe. That's a Morton Joe. <laughs> he came back. He came back too. Uh, that's funny, but that's that's my recommendation. I mean, because the like you said, Road Warrior and Thunderdome are real, both really fucking cool movies in their own way. But Mad Max is really just like uh, uh, exploitation revenge film, so it's kind of it's like very different. Yeah, the the first one really feels definitely less apocalyptic. Yeah. Which is the weird thing. It feels like it's set in a world that is not nearly as fucked up as the rest of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever read any of the uh, the interviews of George Miller where he explains like what his thought of what Max is? No. The 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 idea of this this guy they call Max or the Road Warrior, that what what you're seeing is stories being told from the future perspective of people looking back at him to where it's probably not actually historically the same guy. So it was probably different people as the main character in all these movies. They just see him as this mythological figure, the road warrior, which is why the timelines don't make sense. Because if he was really alive in the first movie, which is, set like at the edge so that's when the apocalypse basically happens and somehow he's clearly alive in civilizations that wouldn't develop until 
hundreds or thousands of years after that. Yeah. Yeah, do you think that that's justifying it afterwards? Just going, oh, why don't they make sense? Because I thought of this explanation. I, I don't think so, because I think he's always said that. Where he's always said, listen, con- that in the Mad Max series, continuity doesn't matter because that's not the point. Like, they're each individual story is told about a character, which is what I'm nervous about is supposedly the next one is going to directly tie into Fury Road, which I don't like that. Because if they change it, if they change the formula, I have a feeling that could end badly. I trust George Miller because he's fucking amazing, but I don't know about that decision. I don't know. You have to take a wait and see stance on that. I imagine if it like looks really cool and lots of cool things blow up, then we'll be fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm sure it'll be awesome with the idea of, cause, cause the, uh, the Interceptor's a big thing, too. The Interceptor has got destroyed in three of the movies. And that's supposed to be a rare, like, non-existent car, that there are no other Interceptors. That it was a cop car when the world ended, and he just happened to have one. And yet it's been destroyed three times, and somehow at the beginning of every movie he's got a fucking Interceptor. Well, they do have repair shops in the post-apocalyptic future, I believe. Well, they are, they they generally get blown to bits. I mean, they've been blown to bits every movie. Yeah, but those guys have been living off the land for a while. They're really good at salvaging things. Yeah, it's fun. I might be making excuses because I just like the movies. Do you think that's what's happening? It's totally well, fine. Well, saying all of that, I will also say the uh, the Mad Max video game on uh, Xbox One, pretty dope. Yeah? I haven't played it yet. It's fun. I like it. Since you brought up Xbox, uh, I do want to mention in the Facebook group, I was trying to uh, round up people to see if there's enough people. Maybe we could play uh, uh, Midnight Drive-In night for uh, Friday 13th, because me and Noah both have it. Doug, you need to get an Xbox One and Friday 13th and play with us. I'll look into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure not, you're I'm not actually going to look into it. I'm sure your finances would be perfectly fine with it. You know, you got a kid and stuff. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need another night where you watch the kid while I go down in the basement and talk to people on the internet. <laughs> Two nights a week is fair, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. After the first of the year, we might have more stuff on our YouTube channel because I'm planning on starting to do a playthrough of the entire Dark Souls series, which should be hilarious because I'm really, really bad at video games. Like, I play on easy or normal on everything, and it's like the hardest fucking game series on the planet. So it's going to be a lot of me time over and over and over and over. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the good thing with Friday 13th is today they announced they're going to have Shelly as a playable character starting with their next update. So Nice. I think they even got the guy to come in and do uh, voice stuff for it. So It's going to be a lot of fun. Pretty new. Uh, did you watch anything else, Noah? Uh, like, like I said, I watched a bunch of other movies, but they're all ones that I 
think we'll probably end up doing for shows because they're they were some good garbage. <laughs> I think one of those words was correct. Uh, I guess I guess I also watched um, what's it called? Full Full Moon of the Virgins. Okay. Which is a sexploitation vampire movie. Wait, from... it's vampires, not werewolves, even though it's a full moon. Uh, you, you tell me. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 vampires, and it's basically reverse Dracula, where the lady is the Dracula, hmm. and and instead she's pining over the dead Dracula dude, and there are two twin brothers, and the movie's plot is all right, but kind of pointless. There's a lot of nudity, and and then it ends. So, all in all, to recommend. <laughs> I would hope there would be a lot of nudity for something with title blank up version. Uh, apparently, the weird thing is, so I watched on Amazon Prime, which is where you guys can catch it if you have an Amazon Prime account, along with both the uh, Jack Frost movies. You didn't see the Facebook post I made. Yeah, uh, but I looked it up online because I, I always like to look up information about these weird, god awful movies that I watch. Because sometimes I find out something interesting that justifies the fact that I just <laughs> wasted two hours of my life watching some terrible Euro trash movie from fucking nineteen seventy one. And everything I could find, it was called the the Devil's Marriage or something like that, the Devil's Wedding. On everything, every single source I could find, except for Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon likes to be different. I don't know. So there's that. Interesting. Um, let's see. I only really watched one thing, and it's a movie called The Super Dark Times. Has either one of you heard of this? Yeah. No. Kids are fighting over a girl and they murder their friend. That's the one. I have seen trailers for it. I have not seen the movie yet. Um, well, I watched it. It's really good, but it's in the mood for that kind of movie. Um, yeah, and it's not that there's so much fighting over a girl. Just one of them's really into this girl, and then they're out in the park with their friends, who's like a douchebag friend. You know, we all have that one friend that we just don't feel bad about. That we feel we we would feel bad if we told him we don't want to hang out with him anymore. But he's kind of a douchebag. Um, so they're out in the park playing playing with uh, a fucking katana sword. Cause that's what you do. And been there. And you get you get kind of into an argument and one of you is chasing the other one and he like trips and falls and the sword goes right into his neck and all this is in the trailer so it's not really that spoilery but, um, so they decide because there's like three of them there at the park afterwards um, what the fuck should we do so they decide you know rather than be responsible tell someone to just drag him out into the woods and throw leaves over his body and then just act like they haven't seen him for a while um, and it would go to say that each, each of them does not handle the situation very well mentally. And of course, it basically just documents their friendships breaking down and 
this one kid specifically mentally just not not handling it well at all. And then as the title would suggest, shit takes a super dark turn after that. So yeah. but so the 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 initial death is a accident? Yes. See the trailer makes it look like one of them gets pissed off and like hits the kid and no. kills him. Now they are like fighting, like they are having an argument, and the kid with the sword is backing away, and the other kid's sort of charging at him. And the kid with the sword trips and falls backwards, and then the kid who's charging him trips on that kid's feet and falls forward and lands with the sword and goes right into his neck. So it is an argument. They were having a fight, but the act itself is not intentional. Okay. Well, that's that's very that's a very different thing. Yes. Um, but I really enjoyed it. So, like I said, you just have to be in the mood for a super dark, serious type of movie. But I rather enjoyed it. So, definitely recommend for me. Um, I think that's it. All right. And of, and, of course, we all saw so. Yeah, we saw Star Wars. We're gonna have a separate, uh, separate little post about that on the feed. So keep an eye out for it. Um, you'll get all your spoilery goodness, which I'm sure is gonna last way too long, but we'll see. Yeah. So just so the listeners know, the reason we're not saying anything now is because we don't trust ourselves not to spoil it. <laughs> so if you listen to the other thing, you're warned now before you even turn it on. That will be spoilery. Yeah. Because if we don't, someone's going to be like, oh, Chewbacca, Force Ghost. And we're all going to be like, you son of a bitch. And then I might have to. You you motherfucker! Yeah. I've I've actually heard somebody say that now negative spoilers are a thing. (laughs) Where? Yeah. Where you make a joke about something that didn't happen in the movie. And they're like, well, the fact that you made a joke that it didn't happen, now I know there's no possibility. That fucking Princess Leia gets anal warts. It's like, well, uh, yeah, like you should have fucking what? <laughs> I think they're watching the wrong kind of movies if they're expecting that kind of spoiler. Let me say somebody somebody made a joke about like uh, Chewbacca chokes Kylo Ren to death or something, and I actually mm-hmm. saw somebody go, "Well, that's stupid." And he goes, "But now I know that's not going to happen." And it's like, yeah. Yeah, Chewbacca doesn't. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's not a spoiler. Uh, people are dumb. I do think, though, that you could. You there is a risk if you start doing that that you're going to get to a point where you say something where it is like, well, that maybe I didn't know that wasn't going to happen, and now I do know it's not going to happen, and it is a bit of a spoiler. So, well, and I sure. can understand that, but. But they were acting like it's anything. You can't say anything about the movie other than I liked it or I didn't like it. You are not allowed to talk <laughs> about anything else. Even acting. I've heard him say you can't say this person did good in the movie because maybe I didn't know that person was in the movie. Yeah, that title Force Awakens really fucked it up for me. I mean, I didn't know if the Force was going to awaken or not. The title just says it right there. <laughs> Son of a bitch, now I know that they're awake. 
I figured it was going to be sleepy force users. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right. So next week, we're going to continue because our next episode is going to be released on Christmas Day. Uh, more likely Christmas Eve. But ready for you on Christmas Day so that if you want to ignore your family, you just uh, pop your little headphones in. And then when people ask you what you're doing, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching the, the sports game on my phone. And then people will leave you alone. That's the public service we're providing to you. Yeah. I, I plan to ignore my family by putting my headphones in and just saying, I, I don't like you guys that much, so I'm going to listen to me instead. And I think they'll, they'll all understand. They'll just, yeah. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to listen to myself talk about Star Wars and Christmas movies. Fuck all you. You know what? The person in the room is Doug's kid, and it's like, why did what did that entail? I'm pretty much I'm one of those people that my family's pretty awesome. (laughs) I'm gonna hang out and drink some beer and like just have a good time. Quit bragging about your good family relations, Noah. Hey, it's just the way the shit goes. Um, so the movies we're gonna be talking about. Uh, is one that Noah actually mentioned earlier, which is Santa's sleigh. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to watch Bill Goldberg dressed up as Santa kill a bunch of people, uh, which is going to be awesome. And then uh, we're going to follow that up with the new release, Better Watch Out, uh, sort of a uh, home invasion. Uh, I think the trailer calls it Home Alone Meets the Strangers sure um so yeah we'll be talking about those two movies for you for your enjoyment on christmas day uh all coming up next week have yourself a merry little christmas or go fuck yours fuck your what <laughs> the uh the internet censored you are you even doing <laughs> Um, so Net neutrality is taking effect. <laughs> so, what other movies uh, are on your usual uh, thirty days of Christmas list, there, Noah? Uh, I watch Mickey's Christmas Carol. That's a good one. Uh, Gremlins. Gremlins, of course. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, that's a good sure. one. Sure. Die Hard. Naturally, I'd be upset if it wasn't on your list. Yeah. Santa Sleigh, Black Christmas. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Typically, Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2. Sometimes the whole series, because I'm a masochist. Uh, Sorry to do them off the top of my head. Uh, Scrooged. Nah, that's a good one. Uh, typically, the uh, Patrick Stewart um, Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically the Grinch cartoon version. Fair so enough. Here's the cartoon version and the January version. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, those are actually two other ones I watched this week that I forgot to mention earlier. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, shit, shit tons of Rankin and Bass. I really like the old Rankin and Bass stop motion animation stuff for some reason. 
Well, of course. You don't say you don't need to say for some reason. Well, some some of them are not very good. Like the uh what what's the one where Santa Claus goes on vacation? Is it a year without Santa Claus? Oh, I think so. I don't know. I never that one wasn't on my uh my usual watch list. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not good. But but like Rudolph and uh, all those Frosty the Snowman, I consider a ranking and pass just because of the uh intro. Mm-hmm. But but all those. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, holiday suggestions, Doug? Uh, well, definitely. I'm a little upset. No, I didn't say Christmas Vacation. Okay. I usually I usually watch it about three times a year in December. All right. Uh, I did just happen to notice on Facebook somebody is watching the horror film Dead End, which is takes place at Christmas. Oh, and I haven't seen it in several years, but I think I'm going to end up watching it because I remember enjoying it. Nice. Um, what else? I mean, it, no, I did a pretty exhaustive list there. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always some more that I always get to. I just I can't think of off the top of my head, but I there's usually some that don't make the cut every year. Rare Exports is one that I try to watch every year, and I don't always get to it. Yeah, I always mean to watch that kind of stuff, but then end up not doing it. Because Amanda's bogarting the TV with all those stupid Hallmark movies. Yeah, I can understand why you would just have to like wait outside patiently while those are on because <laughs> I couldn't sit through them. No, I just like go in my room and read a book or something, you know, like a peasant. Oh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I did watch the. It came out last year. The A Very Murray Christmas. The no. Bill Murray Christmas special on Netflix. Yeah, I watched that last year. Yeah. It was, it just, despite the fact that, so I I love most things about Christmas, but one of the things I do not love about Christmas is Christmas music. I fucking, like, despise Christmas music. I hate it. It's horrible. It's depressing. I don't fucking, I don't understand. And the fact that it is all pretty much Christmas music is almost forgivable just because it is awkwardly unfunny in in that weird Bill Murray way that he likes to troll people with. Yeah. Which makes it acceptable for some reason. Yeah, I feel like he really like went to Netflix and he's like, I hear you guys will just give people money and let them go do their thing and they'll just bring you back a product. Netflix is like, yeah, that's kind of what we do. He's like, all right, give me like however much money and I'll bring you back this hilarious special. And then he just aggressively tried to make it not be funny <laughs> to see if they'd still put it out. <laughs> and for some reason to me, I'm like, I feel like I can see through that. And I think it was funny because it was yeah. not funny. I'm trying to remember what's, what's the name of the song that's like, do you see what I see? You know what I'm talking about? I just it's, call it the creepy song from Gremlins. Yeah. So, have you have you seen a Fairy Murray Christmas, Brian? Uh, I have not. I meant to watch it last year. I didn't get a chance to. So, try to make it, a point to watch it this year. Through throughout the whole thing, there's this running joke about that uh, George Clooney was supposed to be in the special and couldn't make it due to the storm. Mm-hmm. And there's like a dream sequence at one point where he finally shows up, and they're singing that song, and George Clooney's doing the backing vocals. But doing it at like almost in a sing talk way, and he's standing behind a tree, and he just keeps like leaning out, 
and like saying his part and then going back almost like they were joking about that he was just on screen as little as fucking possible uh, this is almost as good as when he did the voice of Hartman's cat on South Park yeah yeah I'm going to have to add that to my holiday watch list this year it's interesting. Like I said, that it, it's that weird thing that Bill Murray does where he makes something funny by making it not funny. Mm-hmm. Which I don't... Like, he's some kind of comic genius on a next fucking level that I just don't... I don't understand anymore. Um, he's no, a like, beyond us mortals. Well, of course. He's Bill Murray. So. Uh, it's not like Muppet holiday specials or anything. Uh, I love the Muppet Christmas special, but I don't have it, and it's almost impossible to get because I guess the licensing for it is batshit crazy, so you almost have to get a bootleg of it. Uh, which one is it? Is that the one to somebody's uh, Fozzie's grandma's arm or something? No, 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 no. It's the one where they're like in a house and. It's really weird. It's almost like at night all the toys come to life, but it's got Sesame Street and uh, and Muppet characters in the same special. Yeah. So, like, the the licensing gets real fucking weird, because even though it's all Jim Henson, it doesn't fucking matter because everybody owns all the different characters. Yeah, that's why that's specifically the one I was talking about is uh, Muppet Family Christmas. You go to Fozzie Grandma. Fozzie's Grandma's house. The yeah. one I like is whichever one has the fraggles in it. That's the one. It has uh, Muppet characters, has all the Sesame Street characters, and then you find out there's a huge crack in the basement wall, and then the fraggles show up in there. Um, yeah, I grabbed that one off of uh, YouTube because, again, now that's owned by three separate companies, so you can't like officially buy it anymore. I feel like there should be some kind of a weird fucking rule that if a movie isn't printed for so long that anyone is able to print it as long as they pay X percentage royalty to the people who own it and if it's multiple owners they just have to split that fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. Just because shit like like that happens where these movies get tied up and then they're like in some kind of weird fucking limbo where you just can't ever get access to them. Mm. Yeah, motherfuckers. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.